She transformed me. We were together a hundred years. That's approximately the most beautiful love story I ever heard. Welcome back, friends. Welcome back to the Strange and Beautiful Book Club. I hope everybody had a wonderful holiday season and is still having a wonderful holiday season for as long as your holiday season may continue. That was Pippin wishing you a happy holiday season, too. So we had a bit of a break from our usual rapid-fire episode release schedule. And now we're back with our scheduled movie for the end of December, which is Love Bites with Adam Ant. This is not what I was expecting. I thought I had seen this movie. I had not seen this movie. And I don't think I'm too out of the park here. By saying this was the most fucking adorable vampire movie I have ever seen in my entire life. Even more than Warm Bodies. Yeah. Well, that's a zombie movie. Well, okay. Supernatural undead. Yes. Cute movie. This was cute. It was cute. If you are looking for depth and cinematography that makes you sit up and take notice Look elsewhere. Look elsewhere. If you are looking for a adorable, shallow, feel-good, enjoyable vampire movie, this was a good one. This was a really good one. No pun intended. It was extremely low stakes. There's not even really a bad guy. There isn't a bad guy at all. There's there's a guy who's not very nice. <laughs> I guess you could count that. But I guess before he's we... He's a bad guy, but he's not a... Bad guy. Bad guy. So we're ready to, I can tell, we're ready to just talk about this, so we'll just get into it. Hi, I'm Rachel. And I'm Matt. Welcome to the Strange and Beautiful Book Club. So this feels like a made-for-TV movie, but I don't think it was. I think it actually came out in theaters in 1993. But as Matt was reading an article about it, there weren't even any critic reviews. Like, nobody even went and saw it and reviewed it. Because it was never released in the U.S. Right. It is in the, and it was never released on video in the U.S., so it wasn't available for purchase at all. So we didn't even get, like, a back-end cult classic where it did really well on VHS because they never really released it here. Right. Which is strange, because it, it, it's a Canadian production. Adam Ant is like a British rocker. But this is, I guess, according to the article that Matt was reading, this is sort of the downward slope of his, like, star-powered sex machine rocker. Music career. Music career. Right. So he was trying his hand at acting, which apparently didn't do very well, because it didn't go anywhere. Like, nowhere. Uh, IMDb had four reviews of this movie. Maybe five. Oh, that many? Yeah. Wow. None of them were critic reviews. They were all... Audience reviews. Audience reviews. Uh, 
tomato, Rotten Tomatoes, had no reviews. And in fact, I couldn't leave a audience review because it didn't think this movie had been released in theaters yet. 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 It said the word yet. Yet. <laughs> it's coming. Because <laughs> I thought, oh, somebody needs to know how cute this is. Because the newest review on IMDb is maybe eight years old. And it's literally four 10 out of 10 and one 1 out of 10. And the 1 out of 10 one is just somebody like, I don't know why you guys put 10 out of 10. This is the worst movie I've ever seen. <laughs> and the other ones are like, it's not a, a sure, it's a bad movie, but it's the best bad movie I've ever seen. Which, yeah, fair. Fair. I mean, that's a, that's a fair criticism for this movie. It's the best bad movie I've ever seen. Uh, um, Adam Ant was really cute in it. I, we tried watching some of his music. Yeah, I couldn't get into the music videos. Uh, it wasn't our, our genre, I guess. Some of the music videos were good in that they were so overwhelmingly strange that they were fun to watch. But it wasn't music that I'll be adding to any of my playlists. Yes, they were overwhelmingly 80s aesthetic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but not in the good way. Not in the over-top, <laughs> over-the-top synth synthesizer 80s. I mean, visually. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. visually the mood that, yeah, they were. But they were very British, um, which is not a bad thing. Um, but it's just not one of the things that we tend to listen to very often. Uh, but to each their own, if you love Adam Ant, congratulations. Now you can see him as a vampire. Um, and we start out this movie with like a lightning storm. It's New York. There's lightning. There's a lot Present of lightning. Present day, 1992. 93. Or do they say 92? Do they give you a date? He says the 90s quite a bit. Yes, because it's... Um he, he mentions the year 92, 1992, 1892, and then he slept for 100 years. Yeah, so this is concurrent with the first season of Forever Night. I think it was filmed in 92 and released in 93. Right, so or, they're filming this at the same time as the first season of Forever Night, which I, the irony does not escape me. Uh, but there is a lot of thunder. In fact, the main character, um, Kendall, is walking into her house with her uh, boyfriend, and she comments, why Why is there so much thunder? Right, and he's so, trying to make some moves, and yeah. she just keeps getting distracted by the thunder. Right, and she's looking out the and window. And he delivers this line. I hope the light in the thunder doesn't keep you awake. It won't be the lightning and thunder that keeps you awake. Oh, because she keeps asking him if, or she, he keeps asking her if she'll marry him. And Well, she says... I hope this doesn't keep me awake tonight. I hope the thunder and lightning doesn't keep me awake oh, tonight. Oh, yes. Yeah. And he says... Um, it won't be the thunder. That, that, that won't be what in, keeps you right, up. Which, that won't keep you, that's you, a, keeps you awake That's tonight. a mad line. That's, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, I heard that. Right, Rachel actually rewound it so I could hear that line. Yeah. I'm a feeling I'm going to be hearing it again. Uh, and during this, uh, we're, the guy's trying to propose to her. There's lightning. A lot's happening. And during this whole uh, kerfuffle, we keep cutting to a cobweb-filled room with a coffin in the middle of it. And somehow, one of the lightning the strikes shakes. It knocks over a candelabra, and it knocks on the top of the coffin. And the uh, 
Putnam, this guy's name is Putnam. Dwight Putnam. Dwight Putnam is attempting to propose to Kendall. And he, she Proposition says... Proposition and propose. Right. She says, what is this, the 10th time? Just take one of my last nine answers. That's still my answer. And so he tells her, uh, like, the, I mean, most of the dialogue in this... Okay, there's some pretty cringe lines. I mean, there's some dialogue that has not aged well. And this is one of them. And he asks her... How many years will you waste alone, unfulfilled, without arms around you every night, childless? And after he says that, there's a huge strike of lightning, and she looks out the window. And She's distracted. Yeah, and she's like, oh my god, I think that one hit the street. Yes, yes, it did. But of course, he's just asked her again if she'll marry him, and so he thinks she's saying yes to his proposal of marriage. So... Excited about that, he leaves to go find a, quote, parking space. And so he leaves. She doesn't even really notice. She just goes up and goes to bed. like climbs She remarks, bed. wait, what did I answer? Yeah, what did I say yes to? Because he says, oh, I'll send you a prenup in the morning. She doesn't dispute it. She just goes with it. Probably because it's like, what, four o'clock in the morning? Right. Yeah, so she's ready for bed. So she goes up and goes to bed. And in the meantime... Our coffin Pro- protagonist, our protagonist, our coffin occupant has awoken <laughs> and he's got these cute little curls on his forehead, which I assume is supposed to make him look like he's from the 1800s or he's been asleep a hundred years. Yeah. yeah. He's been asleep for a hundred years. So he's got sort of a 1890s hairstyle. He's got a cloak. He's got the whole, whole kit and caboodle. And just overall, the acting in this movie is not, uh, what's a gentle word for this? <laughs> Refined. Refined. Sophisticated. Sophisticated. But that, you know what? Just take a moment, close your eyes, suspend all expectations, except the expectation to just thoroughly enjoy the shit out of this movie, and then roll with it. It's campy. It's poorly acted. Some of the lines are hard to listen to, but for some reason, we thoroughly... In fact, I watched this movie again just recreationally. <laughs> I was like, that was so cute. I'm going to watch it again. But he climbs out and he like sneaks up the stairs and he pulls his... Uh, lever to open the secret entrance of the fireplace. Open, yes, the secret entrance, which is behind her fireplace. And somehow his cobwebs are so stretchy, they don't tear at all when he pulls them down. And so he exits the fireplace, which how has this hidden room been here for a hundred years? It's a whole ass basement and no one knew it was there. Right. Yeah. The crypt is what she calls it. Cause later she threatens to sublet out the crypt <laughs> to a werewolf this time. <laughs> so he sneaks out of the fireplace and, and he kind of, uh, he's looking for a snack. Yeah. He kind of does a, <laughs> like a lip smack thing. <laughs> well, conveniently, there's a snack upstairs in his house. Because he goes upstairs and just immediately bites this woman, which is a little non-consensual. But he's not harm. He, he doesn't harm anyone, which is probably why this movie maintains its very cute atmosphere. Because everyone that he bites is having a really good time. Right, he hypnotizes them ahead of time. Yeah. And... It doesn't harm them long term. Hey, a good drinking game for this movie. 
take a shot every time he says the word madam. <laughs> That'd be a good one. He'll <laughs> pardon yeah. me, madam. Um, he, yeah, so he bites Kendall, and she thinks it's her boyfriend, which says a lot about her boyfriend, maybe, that she's willing to believe that he's, like, laying on top of her, biting her. I don't know. Anyway, so then he calls and leaves a message on her machine, and she realizes that whoever it is that's on top of her... Is not Dwight. Is not Dwight. And so she she goes a little Krav Maga on him, kicks him off. Yeah, she goes full Kung Fu, beats him off. Uh, oh, uh, also. Not, not the, literally. <laughs> not like that. <laughs> he gets uh, a little scared. He's ready to leave. But then it's morning. The sun is rising. Yeah. I mean, they have quite a bit of dialogue here, too. And she has phenomenal hair. Like, her hair is so... Rachel continuously remarked throughout the movie yeah. on Kendall's hair. It's so silky and just like it has such good movement. Her hair is so nice. And over top of all of this, the credits are playing and like five of them are all Marmastein, some variation. It's like one guy wrote it and produced it and then he just hired his the entire family. family. The Marmastein family. <laughs> Which I guess uh, the fellow who wrote it or directed it directed quite a few Dark Shadows move, Dark Shadows episodes. He, he was a writer. Yeah, and it makes a lot of sense because this feels like soap opera romance. Yes. It is very limited number of sets, lots of dialogue, um, funny situations that drive the plot forward. And it was originally a play. This was originally a play? Yes. It's in the credits that are in the beginning it's based on the play written by. All right. You, I want a petition to get this play <laughs> produced. That would be phenomenal. I think this would go really well as a stage play. Yeah. Well, one of the funnier lines in this section is uh, she, he asked what year it is. He goes, oh, my God, wait. What year is it? And she goes, it's 92. And he goes, oh, which 92? <laughs> it's 1892, 1992. Um, she says it's 1992. And this is where we get our first uh, iteration of the most cringeworthy line in this entire movie, which is used several times and is supposed to be a joke, but is not funny anymore. And it's, what's your HIV? Just wasted a whole century. I'm bleeding. You bit me. So sloppy sometimes. Let me let me suck it up. What's your HIV? My HIV? What? Sex offenders. Right. Are... Yeah. Cause because he bit her. He bit her. And so she goes, Oh my god, what's your HIV? Which oh boy. Oh boy, did okay. that not age well. The whole rest of this movie, the vast majority of the rest of this movie. Okay, so to put this it, in perspective. Works pretty well. Yeah. This movie, what's your HIV? Forever Night, what was the AIDS awareness campaign poster yeah. we saw in Forever Night? Yeah, at the very beginning in like yeah. Dark Knight Part 2. Yeah, this is height of the HIV crisis. The and AIDS this was crisis. another Canadian production. Yeah, but that's still not, that's not an awareness thing. That's like a, right now saying, are you COVID positive? Are you vaccinated? This is one of those things that, didn't really even work as a joke when this aired. Right. Or when this was on. And right. it's, it's very insensitive. Very certainly doesn't work as a joke now. Right. But it is. I mean, we're 
we get this line a couple of times. And one person even answers. They're like, negative. <laughs> Which is like, oh, <laughs> it's really hard to listen to. Um, and she accuses him of hating women. I have a problem. I know your problem. You hate women. And you show that hatred by assaulting them. No, no, no. I, I wouldn't touch women if I could get it from animals. You are a very sick person. I am not sick. I am dead. He's like, uh, no, I don't hate women. And then he gets ready to leave. He's like, you know what? This is too much. I woke up. This used to be my house. It's still my house as far as I'm concerned. But you're living here, which is kind of weird. So I'm just going to go. I'm going to go and I'll be back. But I'm going to go. And so he goes to leave. But the sun's coming up. And so I don't think he's really harmed by the sun. He just dies during the day. Yeah, he doesn't say... The, I don't think they ever cover the mythology of yeah, because she doesn't cover her. Like, I mean, being like destroyed by the sun or yeah. Anything. I mean, she's got open curtains. There's no, nothing is light proof. But he just goes up to her room. Oh, she won't let him go downstairs. Like won't let him go back to the his crypt. Right. So he's like, well, fuck it, fine then. And he goes and lays in her bed. And he's like, um, by the way, I'm gonna look dead, and that's because I am dead, but I'm not dead dead. So don't stake me or anything. I definitely and, don't put a wooden stake through my heart or anything, okay? And if, if I sleep more than five years and you have need of this bed, just <laughs> carry me down to my crypt and lock the door. Yeah, and he gets a funny line about he can't expose himself to the sun. And she's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, expose yourself. But she's just been accusing him of being a sex offender, so <laughs> it's pretty funny. Uh, so he passes out in the bed. And this is when Dwight returns. So she goes down yeah. to explore the crypt because he tells her uh, what to press to open the secret door from the fireplace side. Yeah. So she's down in the crypt and then Dwight arrives in the morning. This is, I guess he's gone home because he couldn't find a parking spot the right. night before. He comes home. He comes back. Yeah. Because he didn't get to keep her stuff. up all night. Wow, Dwight. I know. Mm, great. <laughs> Let's keep going. <laughs> I have feelings about Dwight. <laughs> He's an asshole. He is a bit of an asshole. <laughs> He's a uh, uh, chauvinistic asshole. Yeah, he is at least at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, no, even later on. I mean, he takes liberties with her house. He comes in and out of her house yes, a fair he amount. He keeps coming in. Yeah. He does return uh, to me eventually, but it doesn't really um, stop him either. Ostensibly. Ostensibly. That's why he says he's there. Yeah. But so he no. thinks but he thinks this is her in the bed. Okay, so. yeah. So he goes up and he's ready to make some moves, get it on, seduce her, whatever. And he thinks she's just sleeping in bed. Yeah. With the blanket over her face. So he gets undressed. He gets on the bed. He's doing a whole dance routine. Yeah. A sleeping beauty. The prince of perfection will awaken you. And he's like closing. He closes his eyes and pulls the covers back and starts kissing. And then he realizes it's a dude. Yeah. He was... 
It's not Kendall. Working on getting it on with a dude. Right. And he is like traumatized. Panicked. Panicked. So he he leaps off. But we also get our funny call to the cops. So after he oh, fall, after he falls asleep. So after um, this is uh, Zachary Sims count not count, but the vampire's name is yes, Zachary. The vampire Sims. character yeah. Adam Ant's character yes. is Zachary Sims. So after Zachary falls asleep, uh, she does take a look at his teeth, and he has fangs. And this is the only fangs in the entire movie. This little moment right here when she pulls back his lips, and he has fangs, and then she calls the cops, and we get Sergeant. Farfaloni, <laughs> which she had enough of an impression on Matt and I that we were getting ready to go to bed after we watched it, and I just said Sergeant Farfaloni. We both started laughing. So we we talked about it, and she said, "Save it for the pod." <laughs> but I thought this was an excellent use of gender swapping yes. on a trope. Yeah, because the the trope is you call into the police, and it's just this. Like raunchy, misogynistic, misogynistic asshole cop, male cop, yeah, making interpreting everything as a you know, like a sex euphemism, uh, yeah, yes, euphemistically. Okay, so now we have a female cop, yeah, who's calling in her her BFF to listen in on the call <laughs> because this is a juicy one, <laughs> and she is interpreting. Everything euphemistically from the female perspective. Yeah. Police department, Sergeant Farfaloni. Talk to me, babe. I've got this thing in my bed. Oh, hop on. We got a live one. Which is hilarious she's funny this scene is matt and i laughed out loud this scene was fucking funny i think there's three two there's two Two calls yeah so the the second one later on we just cut to farfaloni and rachel and i just started laughing (laughs) (laughs) she didn't even have to start talking (laughs) we knew it was gonna be good this is campy campy humor at it's best. This movie knows what kind of movie it is, and it is not pretending to be anything but what it is, and that makes it so good. She makes a comment about how he, yes, he does tend to get stiff in the morning. And they're like, oh, oh that happens to everybody. <laughs> it's so good. And then we get, we do get our obligatory vampire research scene. We always have these. We've discovered vampires are real. We gotta Google that shit. Except she's a high-powered executive, so she has a she has a computer search. Yes, so she does a c- computer search on what she's searching. I don't know, um, but it's like a green and black screen. She just types in like vampire, whatever information pops up. She leaves work early to go home, and when he wakes up, she's got him like a neck brace, <laughs> and she's carrying a cross. Which, to be fair, the neck brace. And an amazing vest. She should be saved. She's in her casual, at-home, relaxing yes, outfit. Yes, light wash jeans, 
highly patterned vest. Highly uh, patterned shirt. Yeah, fabulous, very colorful shirt. Fabulous silken blonde hair pulled back into. She's a, got it pulled like a back clip. in like a couple strands in front. Oh yeah, it's it's good. And then she and then, must have uh, stopped to see her stylist on the way home. Yeah, and her, this is give me my casual hairdo. <laughs> And she's actually in her, she finds his secret crypt after this. She comes home. He's not quite awake yet. She's got on the neck brace. She's got a cross. She's kind of searching around because he tells her, you know, if, if for whatever reason I don't wake up in five years, push the upper left hand brick and take me down there. So she knows how to get into his secret crypt. So she goes in his secret crypt. And this is actually when we get the boyfriend arriving right. and trying to seduce him in bed. So we've had a little bit of plot. And then we go back to Dwight. And then we get kind of the misconception conversation where he's talking about how who is that man in your bed and it's oh yeah he is interpreting everything she's saying as a sexual innuendo and it is again just really funny um he thinks she's telling him exactly what happened but he thinks she's just talking about oral sex and he's not here for it right she uses the term I'm not going to give you a blow by blow. Blow by blow. Yes. <laughs> I'm about to give you a blow by blow description. Oh, no. I did everything I knew to him. Oh. Even a couple of things I didn't even know I was capable of. Oh, God. <laughs> What's that? He goes for the neck. A neck man. Yeah. And so he interprets that as a euphemism for oh god blowing. No. Yes. Oh, it's 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 great. There's so many puns. And we re- revisit these puns too because later he's talking to Vinny Vinny Van Helsting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't catch that. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Vinny Van Helsting. He's talking to Vinny. Vinny Helsting is the guy's name. He's Vinny Helsting. Vinny Helsting. Wow. And he goes, she was talking about oral. <laughs> he's like, say no more. <laughs> All right, right. I, I love this. He's a neck man. He's a neck man. <laughs> <laughs> but she kicks him out. Um, and now it's sundown. And Jeffrey Sims has awakened. Zachary Sims. Zachary. No, it's Zachary. Oh, yeah, I wrote Jeffrey in my notes for some reason. I was so overcome with how amazing this movie was. I wrote the wrong (laughs) name. Um, He gets up, and he makes the bed. He's, like, chatting with her, and he's straightening the covers at the same time. Like, excusing himself, like, I didn't mean to inconvenience you, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And meanwhile, while I'm talking, I'm leaning over, straightening out the blankets. He's such a sweet character. He's the sweetest character. Right. He, He's the he woke up. blood sucking vampire character. He just wanted a little snack that wouldn't leave any lasting harm on the person. Yeah. And he's just going to have a snack and then be on his way and have a night on the town. Yeah. So he, we get a fun, sweet character establishing conversation here where we find out how he became a vampire. And it's because he fell in love. Aww. And so the woman he fell in love with in 1688 uh, was Nerissa. And she turned him into a vampire and they were together for a hundred years. But then she bit a politician and got a taste for politics. <laughs> <laughs> So he went to bed one morning, woke up that night, and she was gone. And so he's been hanging around waiting 
for her, as he, or as he says, holding a torch for her for the last 200 years, waiting for her to come back. And yep. she never did. So he went to bed and didn't get back up again. And he says, now I just got to figure out what I'm going to do until I go to bed and don't get back up again, again. And so she takes him out on the town and they learn about automobiles because he thinks there's so many people, it really must smell like horse manure out there. And uh, yep. no, it doesn't because it's all. But earlier she was talking, he was telling her, talking about the lights. And he says, I don't smell gas. What does that run oh, on? Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're in the the living room. Like yeah. after he comes out of the crypt, she's, you know, beating him up. And she turns the light on. She turns the light on. And yeah. he, he just stares at the light fixture like, I don't smell any gas or smoke. Yeah. What is that? What is this this run on? She goes, it runs on money. <laughs> and he's like, oh. oh, that makes sense. And so then they find out about cars. And he goes, do those <laughs> run on money too? And she goes, you bet they do. <laughs> <laughs> so but he's like, oh, I got to get me one of them. So they go for a drive in her Beamer, which is again when we have to put on our 1990s glasses. Because this was a hot car. This is a sports car. It looks like a 30-year-old car to us because it is a 30-year-old car. But if we were watching this in 1992, this is a nice car. Right. And so they drive off, and they're just seeing the town. And she remembers she was invited to a holiday business party. Yeah. Kind of business party. Like a party, a friend's party or something. A party with, like, co-workers. It doesn't matter. There's not that much plot. It doesn't matter. Who gives a shit what this party is for? It's fucking adorable, and we're going to go to it. They're just walking around chatting, and he's kind of reminiscing about town, about New York City. Yeah, they're driving around and... Just and enjoy she's the like, night. She's like, you want to go, to, go a party? to a party? He's like, no. yeah, obviously. So this is another really cute scene because they're getting ready to go into the party. And he shakes the hand of the lady. And she goes, oh, do you work at Haagen-Dazs? And he looks because over. Because his hands are cold. And so she, he looks over at Kendall and he's like, do I work at Haagen-Dazs? She goes, no. And he goes, no, I don't. So. <laughs> Hello, Zachary. Hello, Paula. I'm very happy to make your acquaintance. <laughs> Do you work for Haagen-Dazs? Do I? No. No. Are you wearing contacts? Am I? No. This sets up that he trusts Kendall implicitly. Yeah. To be his guide. Right. She is his cultural advisor. Yeah. Everything, current events, he knows to go through her first. So that he makes less of a fool of himself. Yeah, he fits in a little yeah. better. Yeah. yeah. And he kind of does. They they circulate around the party. And there's a really banging 90s balloon arch. This is supposed to be like a high-end hot people party. And there's a balloon arch. Hot people doing hot things. Hot people doing hot things under a balloon arch. Cannot emphasize that enough. There's a balloon arch. And everybody's wearing shoulder pads and velvet. And it's, uh, it's pretty amazing. Uh, but he does try to dance, which is another cute thing. And we get right. them- he's watching everybody dancing on the dance floor, and yeah, just kind of like watching out the side, like trying to repeat the same moves. Yeah. And then everybody else is like, "Ooh, this guy's got some new dance moves." Yeah. He's just trying to copy them, but he's not doing it very well, or he's doing it differently, and they all 
copy him. Right. And so now he's the center of attention. Yeah. So then he goes out on the balcony and Kendall comes out. They share kind of a sweet moment. I can't believe the city's so beautiful. This all used to be a swamp. And she's like, you know what? I think you've earned me taking off this neck brace because she's still wearing the neck brace. This whole time at the party. This whole time. So he goes, she leaves to go take it off and he hops over the side to look down. And when he hops back down, there's a lady on the balcony with him. And she, he goes, I've never been this high before. She goes, I could tell by the way you were dancing. <laughs> <laughs> Can I have some of what you're having? <laughs> <laughs> so he's talking about something else and she's talking about drugs. So, and so as uh, there's a guy listening to it. He summarized this very well, I thought. All, uh, almost all humor is a conflict of perspectives that is resolved by an equivocation. Yeah. Like, like a pun. Like yeah. We're using two terms differently, and oh, here's the term that we're using differently and the connection between the two conflicts of perspectives. Yeah. Yeah. That's what the whole humor in this movie is, is yes. misconception. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so, the, and the, all the conflict. Yeah. Is just miscommunication, just misperception. Yeah. So after she talks about drugs a little bit, he talks about just being out on the balcony on a nice he's night. He's like, mm, I'm a little hungry. Yeah, he's like, mm, well, uh, why don't you look into my eyes, madam? And so when uh, Kendall comes back, He's uh, having a bit of a snack. So I think two or three times in this movie, Rachel's like, oh, he's going to be biting somebody and she's going to be jealous. There was one scene close to the end where she was looking a little bit jealous. Yeah. But then he was like, oh, never, like whatever, something else happened. And now she's happy. Right. I would frame it as jealous but understanding. That's the vibe I think we're supposed to get. Like, I don't love that he's doing this, but I understand he has to do this. Because she comes right. back, and the only thing she says is, oh, God, what's your HIV? Right. She just ah! she mostly just keeps covering it up. Yeah. And like, this is the lady that's negative. She goes, negative. Yeah. Right, because she's so high. Yeah. I think she just responds by reflex. Yeah. So I'm wondering anyway. if... The lady ad-libbed that line. What, negative? What's your HIV? What's your HIV? I don't know. It's, I love, no. No. I can't, this, I can't stand behind this line. It's not, it's not great. It hasn't aged well. I don't even think it was appropriate when they said it. Again. Again. So, anyway, but it's, okay, we get, we play it for laughs one more time. Uh, It's not a funny part of this movie, but it happens. And then we move on. And um, he's like, look, you saw what I had to do, and it disgusted you, didn't you? Didn't it? And she's like, no. No, I'm not disgusted by you. Um, But do you want to go home? And he's like, yeah, sure. Let's go home. Let's leave this party. So they head back home. And he drops the bomb that there is a way for him to become human again. Because he realizes he really likes this girl. He likes this girl, and he likes this century. And he doesn't feel like going back in that coffin and shutting the lid and never opening it again. Again. He has a reason to live. He has a reason to live and he has a reason to become alive again. And basically he just has to start eating human food. Which. Okay. Sure. 
He has sure. to revive his digestive system. Yeah, he's going to rehumanize himself. <laughs> <laughs> and he tells her it'll take a year, take a year of me, like rega- regaining my humanity, and then I'll be perfect. Which Dwight accused her of not waiting saying, for the perfect waiting guy. for the perfect man, and she's like, "Ding, ding, ding! You have said the magic word." Checked all the boxes. Checked all the boxes. Let's do it. Um, I, th- I think he actually uses the phrase "a year and a day," which is a whole trope in the fantasy genre that adventures last a year and a day. Before you go back yeah. to where you came from. Well, it, anyway. Yeah, it's not an immediate process. This is a going to take time process. And we cut back to Dwight now because Dwight's disturbed that she's shacking up with this, quote, oral artist. And she's so perverted. Yeah, and it, with this neck man. And this is where we meet um, Vinny Helsting, who is the private eye that uh, Putnam has hired. To follow Zachary Sims and figure out what's going on. Dig up the dirt on Sims. Yeah, dig up his skeletons in the closet, whatever those may be. And then we cut back to Zachary, and they're out. Oh, he he drank some milk. She gets him to drink milk, and he's like, oh, do you have anything red? (laughs) First pass at reviving his digestive system is a big glass of milk. Very 90s. Yeah. And so then they're out jogging, and he's like, sick. He's holding onto his knees. He's bent over. And this lady stops. And she's like, oh, my God, you look terrible. Let me take your pulse. She can't find it. She goes, where's your pulse? And he goes, well, I had it when I came out. <laughs> <laughs> and then he hypnotizes yeah, her. Of course, starts, he ends up yeah. yeah, biting it. Which she's still jogging in place while he's biting her. Like yeah. she's jogging in place while she's talking to him. And then when he bites her, she's still jogging in place. <laughs> She's keeping her heartbeat up. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then we get some more refeeding sequences where she's feeding him, and then she's also cleaning his crypt and sprucing it up. I don't know if she gets him a new coffin or if she just cleans his coffin, but it's a different color. And she gets right. him, like, the most 90s desk and chair I've ever seen in my entire fucking life. Um, Second the, only this, to her see-through phone okay. in her office. That's what I was going to bring up. <laughs> with the neon lights that blink when it rings. <laughs> And she gets him a voice machine, like a voice answering machine. Answering machine thank you. And uh, his outgoing message is, this is Zachary. Please call back. I'm dead right now. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. I can't come to the phone at the moment. I'm dead. She's like, change that immediately. But she cleans up all the spiders and he's like, Oh no, those spider webs were over a hundred years old. They're gonna be so mad. <laughs> but this time Which just endears us even more <coughs> to the Zachary Sims character. Is adorable. Yeah. I'm wondering how much of his lines were ad libbed. I don't I don't know. Whatever it worked, it worked. This yeah. was great. Because then now the clingy boyfriend does return to her house and she's not there. Dwight. But Dwight just lets himself in because he feels entitled to her house. But this time, someone else arrives, and it's Narissa. Narissa, and the woman Zachary's who plays old love. Yeah, the is woman sire. Uh, yeah, 
I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but the woman who plays Nerissa is the same lady who plays in True Blood. She's in that season with eggs. Right, and she was also Ensign Roe Laren in Star Trek The Next Generation. Yeah, she was a couple things in Star Trek Next Generation. She was in like nine episodes. Yeah. So I, that's where I recognized her from. I recognized her from True Blood because she's like the naiad or the dryad. She's like a, a chaotic nature spirit that arrives in Bon Temps. Bon Temps. <laughs> And uh, messes with the residents. She's the one who yeah. has eggs, and she takes in Tara, who falls in love with eggs, whose name is Benedict. That's why they call him eggs. Oh, I never. Yeah, and I Sam ends up reference. pretending okay. to be a bull because she's trying to summon her god. Remember, she gets everybody like seduced. Right, they're trying to summon Dionysus. Yeah, who's portrayed as a bull. Right, so he shows up as a bull, and he ends up like killing her. Anyway. That's what I know her from. But she's been in a couple things. She's been in, but she's in this and she's Narissa. And she arrives here and she has a card and she's like, sundown to sun up. Just beat me. <laughs> Ring uh, my beeper. And she attempts to seduce Dwight, but Dwight is here to re seduce, recapture his lost love, lost lust, whatever you want to call it. I mean, he's lusting after that hair. Let's just, let's just face Aren't we it. all? Aren't we all? Aren't we all? And Zachary and Kendall return to the apartment uh, while Narissa and Dwight are still there. So Kendall comes back to her house, which used to be just her house, but is now Zachary and her house because he's been sleeping in the basement, unbeknownst to her. And now his vampire girlfriend and her deadbeat ex-boyfriend are all in her house. And she's, uh, she's understandably flustered. And so she's trying to explain Zachary. And Zachary says something about, oh, I didn't realize I looked human. Oh, that's because Kendall's been doing such a wonderful job making me look so human. Human? Newman. Paul Newman. We just saw a Paul Newman movie and he wanted to dress like him. Are you and she's oh, like, and she's got them all. She's like, oh, uh, modern clothes. N- Newman, Paul, Paul Newman. Yeah, at this point, yeah. he's got. Oh, yeah, he says, I look so human. Yeah, you probably didn't recognize me because I look so human now. But then he mentions that he's trying to get a job because that's one of the things he's trying to do in order to become hum- rehumanizing himself. Right. Is and she was he like, he wants well, to fit into the century. Yeah. He needs a job. She's like, well, there'll be expenses. And he goes, I'll get a job, even if it's shoveling horse manure. There's bound to be some somewhere. <laughs> and so he gets a job from Dwight, which he kind of challenges him. They kind of dick slap each other into this job because he's like, what? You want a job? I'll get you a job. And he's like, how about insurance? You know insurance? And he's like, did you know you could get a $6 policy from Ben Franklin? And she tries to shut him up. But Dwight's like, you know about the $6 Benjamin Franklin deductible plan? It's like, no, almost no one knows about, no one that. Knows about that. You really know your stuff about insurance. <laughs> I'm going to get you a job. The data analysts, they work the night shift. Yep. So now our intrepid vampire buddy has a data analyst night job at an insurance company owned by Dwight Putnam. And so he tells her. I've got a job. I've got blood pressure. I'd never have come this far if it weren't for you. And Narissa kind of has a jealousy moment because she's trying to win him back, but he's already moved on. She left hundreds of years ago. Right. 
And she mentions, like, I came back during the Civil War. I came back during World War One. I. I came back during World War Two and the nuclear bomb. And Kendall says, well, what disasters brought you by this time? <laughs> Which is, like, on point. Yeah. Like, Kendall is witty. Yeah. And so after that, they're kind of on a high. So he's like, um, has time changed sex in any way? And she shivers, and he's like, oh, oh did you not want to, are, are you okay? And she's like, no, I'm just really worried that a certain part of your anatomy is going to be just as cold as the rest. <laughs> Which, <laughs> I, mean, that's, I thought about the same thing. Fair point. Fair point. Which we never do get a resolution to whether or not his dick is cold. Must not be, because. Well, or it must not have bothered her. Yeah, because everybody's happy the next day. I mean, that's a good question. And so they're hanging out on the couch eating popcorn, which this is just another adorable scene because they're watching a Bella Lugosi vampire movie and he's rooting for Bella. He's like, go for it, Bella. <laughs> I love that guy. And she's like, oh, you know, it's a shame you can't turn into a bat. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, but I can. Right. And earlier she'd made a comment about him turning into a bat. And he said, oh, I can't do that. Oh, I can't. Eh, whatever. Yeah. But. He can't really, but he does like a cute little thing where he pretends to turn into a bat. He's like, oh, yeah, I, yeah, I, I can turn into a bat. I just don't like to admit it. Yeah. And then they just kind of give each other significant looks. And he's like, you want to see me turn into a bat, don't you? <laughs> She's like, yeah. So- <laughs> yeah, yeah, I really do. <laughs> and it's really funny. Yeah. So he gets up and he's doing this whole dramatic transformation thing and he pops up and he just, Pulls a funny face and has his robe out around him. And he's yeah. like, I'm a brat. <laughs> <laughs> this was another very map moment. <laughs> <laughs> I would pull this movie. Yes, you Absolutely. Would. <laughs> That's why we thought this was so cute. If you ever want to know what it would be like for Matt and I to be together, and Matt was a vampire, this would probably be pretty accurate. Yeah, I think the chemistry between Kendall and Zachary is... Similar to me and Rachel. Yeah, maybe that's why we liked it so much. Um, But he's awesome at his job. He's literally just killing it. Not killing anybody. He's just killing it at the office. Right. And so she starts trying to send him in during the day. But he keeps, like, stretching right. out and crossing his arms. She's trying to wake him up earlier. Yeah. So that he can start acclimating to sun, a little bit of sunlight at a time. Yeah. And despite the fact that he keeps dying at the office... Um, he gets a raise and a company car because now he's and the a promotion executive VP. And so he's at some kind of construction site. He must be doing some kind of inspection for insurance. I guess maybe that's what we're going for. But he tries biting a woman and it makes him nauseous. And she's like, he goes, it's not you. It's me. And she's like, oh, that's what everybody says. So <laughs> Poor girl. Right, he's just he's just trying to get his normal snack. Yeah. And then this is the most like jealous I'd seen Kendall. Yeah. And she's just like ignoring him and he's like, "No, no, no. I I I tried to bite her, but I got nauseous. I couldn't I couldn't I, I couldn't go the through The blood with it. makes me nauseous now. Yeah. I'm so human now that I cannot drink blood anymore." Right. And then she's like, "Oh, all this effort I've been putting in it's to rehumanize off. Zachary yeah. is paying off. Yeah. He's 
almost human now. Yeah. And so he throws up the blood at the, which. Right, at the construction site. And our Vinny Hellstink has arrived. <laughs> and he finds the girl like dreamily lying against Still, still standing there. Yeah, holding a finger over her vampire bite. And he ends up taking a telephoto lens picture of her vampire From bite. like four inches From away. From like four inches away. Not how that works, Vinny. That that lens is not going to get a clear photo at four right. inches away. You need but to back up. Vinny. Clearly, Vinny found something he wanted to find because then he goes to the house and he figures out how to get into the crypt. Or I think it's just open. Yes, it's open. Yeah, and so he goes down there. Zachary's not there, but the coffin is still there, and all of his stuff is down there. And he plays the the answering machine the answering machine message that says. I can't come to the phone right now because I'm dead. And he's and, like, got you. <laughs> while he's there, Narissa calls and yeah. says, hey, Zachary, you need to be careful about what you say to people because people are starting to get suspicious about what you are. They're going to find out. Yeah. And so. He's like, ha, got Vinny you. Vinny is yeah. there. And so he, he like ambushes Putnam in the parking lot. And the, the parking deck. Parking yeah. deck. And he's like, so he's a vampire. Have I got news? Have I got news? He's like, dude's a vampire. And Putnam's like, Vinny, that's bullshit. He's like, no, listen, Dwight, this dude's a vampire. I, I know it. And he's like, look, um, I want you to get help. If you come back tomorrow, I'll happily take you to the like medical facility. Yeah, to I get think you he help. recommends him a therapist or something. Yeah. And he's like, uh, clearly you have problems, and thank you so much for your service, but I won't be needing you anymore. Like, I'm I'm figuring this out. I've got my angle. Yeah. I'm going to get her back. You, I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah. And then Dwight leaves, and Narissa, Narissa shows up. Narissa shows up. Yep. And so she oh tries boy. hypnotizing Putnam. And we end up in her- uh, Vinny. Oh yeah, he Narissa's hip- talking to she Vinny. hypnotizes Vinny out of it, but then she also gets Putnam because then Putnam's at her right. like very dark crypt like bedroom with a giant wall. <laughs> this like, reminded me bedroom, or of window. Zerg's office, <laughs> like the lighting and the window the and the element. backdrop. Yes, yeah. Zerg in the Fifth Element. This is very the Zerg. lighting and the backdrop out the window reminded me of Zerg's office. Yeah, Jean Baptiste Emmanuel Zerg. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it does very much so, especially with the giant window and yeah. then the like dark everything. Uh, yeah. And in the meantime, while all this was going, has been going down, Zachary has taken over the company and ousted Putnam. He's so good at his job. He, he's just executed a corporate takeover. Yeah. 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 And so Narissa is chatting with Putnam and her. Crypt bedroom. And we cut back to that. And he gets a beeper ring. Yeah, he gets a beeper ring. But then she bites him, and he just will not shut up. He is talking the entire time she's, like, munching. And then he realizes, uh, you're a vampire. Right. He ma- he that means vampires are he real. He retains enough self-awareness yeah. to realize that she's biting him. Yeah. So he tries calling the cops. Oh, no, no, no. She, she, she's got great breasts. Look, she's over 400 years old. You're reporting some 400-year-old babe with 
Huge jug sucking on your neck? Yeah, uh... What is this, an age discrimination complaint? Sergeant Farfaloni! <laughs> she back. <laughs> and so now we have the, the full gender swap. Usually it's a woman calling the police station, yeah. and you have the, like, euphemistic male police officer misinterpreting everything the female is saying the female is talking about sexual assault and the male police officer is like oh well like what were you wearing were you asking for it right that kind of thing but now you have the guy calling and talking to a female police officer yeah she's and she's like well were you asking for it (laughs) it's so good Right, it cuts right to the yeah, right and she still point. calls her same bestie over to yeah. listen to this one. She's like, "We got another good one." <laughs> she brings her over. <laughs> oh God, it's so good. And then we cut back to the apartment, and Kendall's sitting at a kitchen table. Or she's sitting at the dining room table. Oh yeah, with a romantic dinner romantic, lit up. Yeah, but Zachary's not there, and she's waiting and waiting. And this is the only real conflict in the entire movie is the fact that Zachary was supposed to show up for this one year anniversary party of him coming out of the crypt and he didn't because he was at a late meeting executing his corporate takeover yes and so Putnam arrives at the part Dwight arrives at the apartment Dwight does. right she's kind of cleaned up the yeah. romantic dinner scene she's finished waiting for him right. she's gone to bed or whatever Right, and he shows up, and he's a little bit confronting her about the vampire thing, but he also just wants his company back. Because he gave this guy a job, he gave this guy a chance, he stole his girl. Right, his entire motivation for giving Zachary a job was to probably discredit Zachary so that he could get back into Kendall's life. Right, and then Nerissa arrives at the apartment, because she's just here for Zachary. So Dwight's trying to get his Kendall back, and Narissa is trying to get her Zachary back. And that's why they're both here. But Narissa just wants him to be her vampire boyfriend again. So they just want everything to go back to the way it was. Narissa wants him to be a vampire and be her boyfriend. And Dwight wants Kendall to go back to being his girlfriend, and he wants to go back to owning his own apartment. And so Zachary... Hmm? Oh, sorry. Company. Yes. Company, yeah. Company, not his apartment. So Zachary does come back, and she's like, you really must be a human now, because you're kind of an asshole. You missed our dinner. Because Kendall just wants the, like... He's talking about all of the things that everybody's been, like, pushing on him. Like, oh, you need to do these kinds of things. Yeah. Which is kind of like in, in existential philosophy, you call it modal confusion. Yeah. You're confused about the existential mode that you're acting in, the having things versus the being something. And he's caught up in this checklist of things that he needs to do or have to be human. Yeah. And so he's you know, trapped there. Yeah. And he's lost sight of why he was doing the whole thing to right. start with, which was Kendall. And so she calls him out on it. She's like, you're being an asshole. 
Um, you're just being like every other human dickhead that I've dated. And I'm not really feeling like talking to you right now. So why don't you talk to the 15 other people and who are in our apartment right now? Um, which is Dwight and Narissa. Right. And so she leaves. She's like, I'm going upstairs. You guys figure this out. And Dwight's like, I know the perfect solution to this. Narissa, you need to turn him into a vampire again. Well, I think Narissa suggests turning him into a vampire. Dwight is like, what's the worst thing you could do to Zachary in this moment? Yeah. Turn him back into a vampire. Right. Isn't there something so you can do to him like as a vampire? Isn't there something you can do to get me my company back? Yeah. And so she bites Zachary. Like Dwight holds him down and she bites Zachary and he starts calling for help. And Kendall comes back down because he's like, well, they're going to they're gonna put my system out of balance again. I'm going to end up being a vampire again because it hasn't <laughs> been a full, the full time span hasn't passed. We're right. close, but we're not passed yet. And so she comes back down and uh, we get the fun line. She's trying to revamp me. Stay out of it, Kendall. Don't mess with poetic justice. Stop it before my system gets. Don't back. mess with poetic justice. <laughs> that was so good. And so she pulls him off, but in the kerfuffle, Kendall gets like flipped over the chair, and she grabs her stomach and says, "We're okay. We're okay." And Zachary's like, oh, "Hold the phone." And so then we get a weird line about a rabbit. She's pregnant. You got pregnant by a vampire? Well, the doctor said the rabbit died, came back to life at sunset, and bit the nurse in the butt. <laughs> That's my boy. We're having a baby. Oh, apparently pregnancy tests used to be you would inject a woman's urine into the ovaries of a small animal. Ugh. What? Yeah. Although rabbits were used for all manner of research, the rabbit test became synonymous with pregnancy screenings, and the phrase, the rabbit died, entered common usage as a euphemistic way of saying someone was pregnant, even though the rabbit, rabbit always died during the test. So the rabbit died oh. is like a euphemism for being pregnant. But she makes a crack about the rabbit died and then came back and then bit the nurse. And he's like, that's my boy. <laughs> okay, that makes a lot more sense. And it was is called, a lot more hilarious. It was called the Friedman test. It was injected How long into, did that go? Like, how in, long did they keep doing the Friedman until test? Until the 60s. Urine from a woman in the early months of pregnancy was injected into immature female mice. Their ovaries would enlarge and show follicular maturation, so they would start they would start acting like they were pregnant because they were picking up the pregnancy hormone. Right. Yeah, and it was considered really reliable. Right. It's a hormone detection test. Yeah. A few days after the injection, the animal Just- would be dissected. So you would inject it into a mouse or a rabbit, wait a couple of days, dissect it, and see if they had started, like, developing pregnancy characteristics. Wow. And now you know. Wow. (laughs) I was wondering what this rabbit, because she says it like we should be in on this joke. And I was not in on this joke, but now everyone is in on this joke. Mind blown. Mind blown. I know we used to use rabbits for blood typing too, but it was a whole thing. Like it was a very complex like blood serum analysis thing. Okay. So her test would not have actually done. No, but it's a common euphemism. 
Okay, so she added the it came back, back to, to life, life and bit the yeah. nurse because he was a vampire. Yeah. But he was almost human. He was human enough to be fertile. So she pregnant. So apparently he was human enough. He and was he mentioned human he enough wanted kids. to be fertile. And he mentioned he wanted kids. And right. she's like, you can have babies. And he's like, well, I can do the sperm part. <laughs> and then Narissa's like, yeah, yeah, he's he's why well, he's been talking about babies since like the 1800s. Yeah, he really wants babies. Um, right. So now all four of them are together. Well, she they said, you know, have you have you been sick in the have you been sick in the evening? Is what right. Narissa have, asks. Narissa asks if she's had evening sickness. Yeah, and she goes, well, I've had cravings of wanting to hang upside down in a dark cave. And so Kendall's like, I have the perfect solution to you being an asshole human, and that's I don't want you to be human anymore. I want you to go back to being a vampire. I loved you when you were a vampire, but now that you're a human, you're an asshole. So be a vampire again. And he's like, uh, seriously? And she's like, yep. And she's like, Narissa, how fast can we get this done? She's like, I could fast track him. He could be done by this weekend. (laughs) (laughs) And so then Kendall's like, once the baby's old enough, you make me a vampire, yeah. and we'll dance our way through the centuries. Until we find one we like, and then we'll yeah. rehumanize ourselves. Oh, she tells him she wants to be vampirized. Yes. Yes. Vampirize me, and then we'll dance our way through the centuries, and then when we find one we like, we can rehumanize again. And it turns out that Zachary really didn't take the company from Putnam at all. He set him up. Right. So when Putnam... Like said, you're working directly for me now. He said, your number one priority is to make this company lots of money. Yeah. And so that's what he did. That's what he did. He set up this whole scheme of reorganizing stuff internally and purchasing other companies to make the company lots of money. And he says, Dwight will never have to work a day in his life. Yeah. He can do whatever he wants. You just set him up with like a golden parachute, basically. Like, you got no, you, no worries forever, Dwight. I set you up. You right. have so much money, you'll right. never need I'm to work I'm still again. working for you. Yeah. Right? And so that, that resolves the whole Dwight-Zachary conflict. Yeah. When Dwight finds out, oh. Yeah, because. Like, that's what you were doing? Yeah. Wow. I thought you were just. But he still wants his company I thought back. you were being me. Right. <laughs> So Dwight offers Zachary uh, a consultant fee. He's like, you continue to work for me as a consultant, even after you're a vampire. Lifetime pay. And you'll never have to worry about money. I'll I'll pay you because you were so good at your job. I don't want to let you go. I just don't want you to take my company away from me. Okay? And Zachary's like, well, that's fine. And so then we get a real heartfelt moment from Narissa where she's like, I was never able to have children. So if it's a girl, can you name it after me? And Kendall's right, and like, she makes a comment about it. wanting to be a godmother, about yeah. how she kind of is a godmother already. And she's like, maybe I could like buy it clothes and take it to sporting events in the evening. And it's basically like, I'm so ready to be a helpful helper with this child. And then Dwight just torpedoes the entire heartfelt moment and is like, yeah, and if it's boy, you can name it Dracula. <laughs> Fuck you, Dwight. Fuck you, Dwight. <laughs> <laughs> And then in the ending... Get the fuck out of here, Dwight. <laughs> and he does. He does. And then we get one more double entendre where Nerissa's like, hey, Dwight, I have an opening for you. 
Oh wait, no, 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 no. Uh, Dwight tells Narissa, "I have an opening for you." Ah, and she goes, "Usually that's my line." No, I I said that. I said that would have been a great follow up from Narissa. Yeah. Is, oh, that's my line. Yeah. I was expecting it. This movie, I would not have put it past it. But yeah, I think with this dialogue. Yeah. With all the other euphemisms, I think that would have been a perfect follow-up for Narissa is to say, yeah. usually that's my line. Yeah. So 10 out of 10, I would rewatch this movie. Rewatch score, solid 10. I've, I've already rewatched it. <laughs> I watched it once, <laughs> so I watched it again. This is just a sweet, fun, low stakes. If you ignore a couple of extremely dated lines that are not funny anymore, uh, it's a funny, cute movie. It's cute. It's campy. It knows it's campy. It doesn't give a shit that it's campy. It just leans into it. Right. The whole vampire thing is just a plot device. Yeah. To make him cute and quaint. Right. Yeah. And he's a consistently nice character. Nobody does it except for Dwight. I didn't have as big a problem with Dwight, but I don't have, I mean, I I don't have to look at Dwight as a representation of my gender. Right. Yeah. So, it was good. Yeah, I, mean, I really liked it. I, neither of us had seen this movie. No, this is a this is our first double cold. Neither one's seen it. Good. I mean, I, I keep saying that because I was just really I was not expecting this movie to be what it right. was. I was expecting to, uh, it to be so, either so. I don't know how to put this. Uh, like, we've watched movies that were so bad, they weren't even funny. Like, they were so poorly done. They were so badly acted. Yeah. They were just uncomfortable to watch. They didn't end up being enjoyable at all. This was poorly acted, poorly written, and thoroughly enjoyable to watch. This is a classic example of, it didn't have to change my life. It just had to be entertaining. Right. And it was. Completely entertaining. This to me feels like Jupiter Ascending. Jupiter Ascending is the same thing. Terrible movie. Terrible. The best terrible movie right. I have ever seen. <laughs> it was just thoroughly. It was just thoroughly entertaining. And there's not. A, I mean, it's not deep. There's not a lot to mull over here. I mean, we get a lot of. I love the representation, the male representation in this. It's just a very genuine trusting, kind, loving Right, right. he meets her, and immediately he trusts her. He is kind and polite to everyone he meets. Yeah. And he's willing to try new things. Yeah. He's just trying to fit in. Yeah. And have fun. He gets to be fun. He gets to be successful. He gets the girl. And he doesn't have like overt toxic masculine energy the entire time. Right. And I, th- I think, again, with the similarity in uh, Zachary Kendall chemistry yeah. and Matt Rachel chemistry, I defer a lot to Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> and that's been a core part of our relationship. It's like, hold on, hold on. Like, <laughs> I need a sanity check from Rachel before I move forward on something. Oh, you want to give me a promotion at work? Uh, hold on. I need to call my wife first and talk it over <laughs> with her 
<laughs> and my manager was like, okay, I can respect that. <laughs> <laughs> Only when it changed some essential part of, uh, like, right. it required more from you hours-wise or Right, yeah, it was changing yeah. a whole lot of my, my responsibilities. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so I think that's probably why we enjoyed it, because it really felt very... He it feel, resonated with us. Yeah, we feel that, and Kendall isn't an overly feminine character. She's feminine. She has right. gorgeous hair. She was beautiful, but she's not an over-the-top effeminate character, and he's not an over-the-top masculine character. We have a really good middle-of-the-road balance from both of them. Right. And that's probably why we both enjoyed them, because we both could identify with them. Or I'm not an over-the-top feminine. I'm feminine. I'm a woman, but I'm not over-the-top feminine. And you are masculine and a man but you're not over the top toxically masculine. I'm a man. I have a penis. Yeah. But I'm a nice guy and I like to do things for people. Sensitive emotional conversations. I don't have a problem with making a fool of myself. Yeah. Right. There's this, I mean, there's a really sweet part where he's talking to her about when he became a vampire and how he got dumped. And then he kind of just didn't want to wake up anymore. And that's why he slept for the last hundred years. And he's like rocking this bunny. There's like a, rocking bunny thing by her fireplace and he's just like you just look so sheepish and kind of sad and then the scenes where he defers to her for answers are so sweet oh yeah and so well done and it's so cute right the chemistry between them is yes. so good um i just really enjoyed this movie do you right know? and he's not ashamed at all of anyone noticing yes that he's Checking with her right. for everything. Yeah, we don't have to do that behind closed doors. And then he swaggers in, acting like he knew the answer the whole time. Right. We don't have to do that, and that's fine. And the only person who really takes any kind of offense to it is Dwight, where he stops asking. Because he's an asshole. <laughs> well, he stops asking Zachary, and he just turns to he just turns to Kendall, and he's, "What are you going to tell him to say he does for a living?" He just he cuts out the middleman, and it. And it highlights how much of a dick he is that he doesn't allow them he's to have... He's not playing along. He doesn't allow them to have this sweet chemistry. He's not here for that. He doesn't want to see them having that because it's a very sweet couple energy already. Right. And even when Zachary is what we think is being an asshole, where he doesn't come home early for their party... Mm-hmm. He really hasn't been as big of an... He, yeah, he forgot her party. It happens. He's human now. He right. Can, he he's forgets. not perfect He's anymore. not perfect. And I think that's why she's like, well, when you were a vampire, you, you did... You, you, were be- we were, you were better. We were better. And I want to go back to that. And he's like, okay, I respect that. I'm, I, I've, I'm willing to do that. And it's really not that big of an issue. If it's really not that big of an issue to transition back then okay yeah and he even says what do i need to do what can i do to be a part of your life and the life of our baby right because she's ready for it to be done even though she's pregnant right she doesn't even want him involved with the baby no she's more than but he's like i've been waiting 350 years for a baby and for you and i want both of you in my life and what do i need to do to do that She's like, this is it. Here's my ultimatum. This is what I want from you. And he's like, sold. I'll do it. Whatever it takes. I'm here for you. I've been a vampire. I've been human. I can be either one. 
I mean, being a vampire for him is no hard. It's not like he's killing people every night. Right. He's just giving women like a a one night stand, a mild orgasm, a mild orgasm every cup every night. Oh, oh, how horrific! So, I mean, whatever. It's not like. I think if the stakes were higher, if being a vampire cost more, this movie is an entirely different movie. Oh, yeah. It's not this movie. Absolutely. And so I think the sweet part is that we get a fun, vampires can exist without being horror monsters, without being monsters, monstrous. They can be monsters without being monstrous. And she even gets a fun crack where she's like, I'm going to sublet your crypt and this time i'm gonna get a werewolf maybe he'll be nicer to me (laughs) (laughs) and it's fun because then we get the maybe not all monsters are scary maybe they're just people too and they're just different right which is always a fun fun thing to explore right and we just need to work a little harder to understand each other yeah so is this horror is this romance this fantasy I would say this is a fantasy romance. Fantasy romance. That's fair. It's not really horror. We're not we're not putting people into a place where perceptions have changed so much that they feel unsettled in reality. Right. Which is our classic def- which is our clinical definition of horror. Right. In in this case, the whole vampirism thing is just a mechanism to introduce them. And then a mechanism to force them to keep some relationship distance for some amount of time. Whereas it could be like a long distance relationship with like video calls or something. Yeah. You could replace the vampire mechanic there. What's your rewatch score? Probably eight out of 10. I'd watch this movie again. It's cute. It's if I, cute. It's if I put cute. it on, you'd sit down. You'd sit down and watch it. Yeah. Do you have an award for this movie? Okay. Yes, I do. Okay, my award. <laughs> keeping in line with dad jokes and everything. Mm, I'm here for this. Uh, my award is worst puns by a private investigator because <laughs> he's trying so hard. <laughs> he's he's trying so hard. To make a witty pun. Yeah. But he just can't do it. Yeah, He Benny. just ends up repeating the same That's because line. Benny himself is a pun. Yeah. He is a pun. He can't make a pun. He's too he's, deep in it. He's sterile. Yeah. <laughs> he's too deep in pun land <laughs> to be able to, to pun one out. Yeah. All right. What about you? Um, I was going to go for... Most unlikely threatening weapon, which is the ski that everybody's threatening each other with at the very beginning. But I think I'm going to go for best hype woman, and that's going to be Sergeant Farfaloni. Yeah. Because she calls her friend over at any opportunity so they can share this moment together. Yeah. Sergeant Farfaloni needed some kind she of award. She needed an award. An Emmy. Oscar. I'd give the Oscar to Sergeant Farfaloni. I don't even know if she was in anything else. I don't care. She's amazing. She existed for this movie and she disappeared after it. She's this isolated, perfect continuum of actor energy that appeared simply to play Sergeant Farfaloni and then disappeared afterwards because she'd peaked. 
All right. I hope everybody really enjoyed that one. If you did not go out and see this movie, if you just relied on us to synopsisize this for you, go and rent it, buy it, do whatever you need to do. It's available on Amazon. Um, highly recommended for a fun evening. Don't expect this movie to be Francis Ford Coppola. It's not. And There's that's no in-depth analysis fine. into the vampire as yeah. cultural analogy in the Western world. This is not an exploration of the vampire appetite as a metaphor for sexual, um, predatory, whatever. This is not that movie. This is not that movie. This is a romance movie where the main lead guy happens to be a super nice vampire guy. Learn, love it, lean into it, and enjoy your evening. And on that note, if you would like to find us, to hear about what we're going to watch ahead of time, or to keep up to date with our information, we are on Instagram. We have 18 followers now. What? I know. I know. I'm not going to say that I'm proud of that, but I am super proud of that. I know That's like one per episode. That's like one per episode. I mean, considering how much I use social media, I feel like I'm doing pretty fucking great. Hashtag winning. Hashtag. I think that's that's not done now. I don't think they. <laughs> I don't think the youths say that anymore. <laughs> we also don't. I'll just, say, I'll just eat that. <laughs> stop! Just stop. From my vote. No. <laughs> oh, I thought something else was coming out there. You mean you mean that's not on fleek? Oh God! No, I really don't think we say it. In fact, one of the kids was listening to a podcast, and one of the characters said on fleek, and another one was like, "We don't say that anymore." So I've been shamed by a children's podcast, so we can't say that anymore. Uh, anyway, we are on Instagram at Strange and Beautiful Book Club. We are also on Patreon at Strange and Beautiful Book Club. And we have lots of other links to very interesting things, all related to Strange and Beautiful Book Club. And that would be on our website at strangeandbeautiful.club. You can email me if you want to at rachel at strangeandbeautiful.club or you can email matt at matt at strangeandbeautiful.club or if you want to email both of us at the same time, you can do the hosts at strangeandbeautiful.club. If you have a submission for us, something that we have not watched yet, um, but you would like us to watch, we have a submission form. And that's also available on our website. Feel free to click. Or if you're on Instagram and you've followed us on Instagram and you've gotten our follower count up above 18, which I would greatly appreciate. Hit that heart icon if you think this slaps. <laughs> Scott, stop. Okay, I'm going to have to wrap this up for a minute. No, he literally opened up a list. He has a list, you guys. He Googled <laughs> current slang. <laughs> Click on the link tree. All of our links are also in there, and that's on Instagram. Uh, but in the meantime, keep vibing. <laughs> okay. Oh no. Remember, sometimes the strangest things are also the most beautiful. So be who you are and love what you love. <laughs> Until you, next time, do friends. You want to retry that? No. It's got character. <laughs> I remembered it's two, not also. Okay, well then go. Go, I'm listening. <laughs>
Remember, sometimes the strangest things are the most beautiful, too. So be who you are and love what you love. Until next time, friends. Bye. Bye. I'm witnessing a phenomenon or felony.